what am I doing? Why am I bobbing my head around like a maniac? I don't know. I've got the I've got the sheet pulled up though, so I'm like set to go with the two things that are on our list. This you week. would. All right. Is your baby story interesting or is it boring and god awful like everything else you do? I mean, you're gonna have to, I guess, listen to it first. I don't know. It could be interpreted either way, I suppose. Welcome to Game Life Balance U.S., the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. We're a lifestyle podcast hosted by adult gamers, trying to juggle our hobbies with the increasing demands of the real world. Join us each week to catch up on what we've been up to lately, whether it's saving the world from space aliens or learning how to change a diaper. Check out our website for links to connect with us on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and more at gamelifebalance.us. I'm Kier from In Defense Of, a podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in three, two, one. Here we go! This is Game Life Balance US. I am Cody Goff, and I am joined by Jonathan Martin. As always, as much as I try to avoid it, as much as I have tried to change that aspect of my life... I tried not to be here. You did. You actually did. You were... um, You did. You did. But you showed up because we have a special guest. I know. Basically, you made me. Yeah, well, that's true. Actually, um, our special guest, this is our first guest ever on the Game Life Balance U.S. podcast. John, do you have an, the applause um, thing? The applause? <sighs> that sounded like the wind on the mountain where you fight Magus in Chrono Trigger. It was applause from far back in the stadium in which we are recording. So it was mm, hard. It was? it was hard to hear this massive stadium, right? Exactly. So it was very, it was very difficult to hear. Very windy stadium. Cool. Um, well, you, you, the windy city. I mean, friend, what the, the what? windy city where you live? That's yeah. why they call it that. Yeah, because you can't hear it, the applause in the stadiums because it's so windy. You know why it's actually called the windy city, right? Because people have a lot of gas. <laughs> <laughs> Natural born comedian, everyone. So actually, that's half true. It is actually named the Windy City because politicians were Poop. said to have been full of hot air in the early 1900s. I'm actually serious. Did you know that? Poop jokes. Okay, so I was actually serious. Well, anyway, our special guest, um, <laughs> for those who are interested in things other than John's terrible poop jokes and... Um, <clears throat> Uh, lack of knowledge about history. I have a kid. Toilet Long. humor is all I have. Hi. Sorry, Chris, that I that I just botched your intro. Chris Long. I'm here to interrupt your poop commentary. Chris Long is thank here. Long-time listener. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Yes, thank you. I'm so glad you went there. Um, and, uh, and we're going to kick off this Game Life Balance U.S. podcast with some life stuff. And we're going to get to know Chris just a little bit and exactly why he's here. So this this podcast is about, uh, well, sometimes when they're, when it's about anything, it's about um, have, having various hobbies and juggling things. And Chris messaged me like a week ago or two 
or however long it takes me to get back to people and was like, hey, BT dubs, because that's the way millennials talk. Uh, I, you're in a competitive gaming, right? That's the thing you do? So what games does that entail exactly? Specifically for me, it's Team Fortress 2 and Project M, which is a mod for Super Smash Bros. Brawl. That's right. Um, that's awesome. And we'll get more into the details of the games later. But just for a little background, you're currently in high school. Are you about to graduate? Yep. Senior this year. Sweet. Oh, three. Well, my class used to yell at rallies, but they probably don't yell that at your rallies. No. Because you didn't graduate 13 years ago. Great. Uh, I'm so out of touch, John. You, seem, you actually seem older to me right now like old man older to me than I think I've ever seen you before. Good. It's the wrinkles. So there's that. Well, well, um, that's super cool. And for the listener's knowledge, Chris, actually, you learned about us because I spammed you on Google Plus, I think. Is that right? Yeah. I just <laughs> opened up my notifications and I had like 10 likes from you on various posts. I'm like, what is this guy? Who is this? It didn't end well. I'm here. <laughs> You are here. This is a long time ago. And just so the listener knows, though, uh, and actually, just so you know, I've said this before, but your your comment about loving our podcast was one of the first pieces of positive feedback we ever got, not just from people we knew, but from people in general. And that was awesome. So, listener, if there's anything you like on the internet, obviously not this podcast, because look at me, um, then tell the people creating content that you like it because it actually means a lot. Like I actually specifically remember the first comment you made on our Google Plus page, and that must have been four years ago. So that was really cool. Um, so way to bring some positive energy to the internet. Yep, all about positivity when I'm not trashing my own team. <laughs> so, so there's that. And where are where do you where are you? Where do you even live? I don't even know. Like region. Northwest. I live in Southwest Virginia. Oh, Virginia! Yeah. Like uh, Virginia Woolf, the author. Yep, exactly. All right, after that. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so, uh, Chris, you've always been kind of interesting to me uh, because you you are involved. You're involved in a hobby that, like, I didn't realize that young people were involved in. So, uh, listener Chris, and I don't know if you're still involved in this because it's not like we keep, we keep touch often, but he is, I know this. He is the last time that we, the last time that we talked to you on the, on the internet, you were involved with robotics competitions, which like I said, I didn't realize that was even like a high school thing because I can tell you that when we were in high school, that was definitely not like a hobby you could partake in. So can you talk a little about that? So basically, we are given a challenge every year, and we spend six and a half weeks uh, brainstorming and building and testing a robot that then we go to competitions and compete with. So give me an example then of like what they, they ask you to make, to create. So my first season, we were given... It was a giant field, and you had to collect balls that must have been three feet in diameter and you had to pick them up and you had to shoot them into goals that were like 10 feet off the ground three feet in diameter so they're very they're yeah. quite large then like, they were quite large so like a uh, one of the balls you sit on at work uh, 
a medicine ball, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it yeah. is, Cody. It's a medicine ball. Um, yeah, it's called a medicine ball. Yeah, it's a medicine ball. That's what it it's is. It's called a medicine ball. Yeah, it's a medicine ball. That's What is it called? It's not a medicine it ball. It might be a yoga ball. Yeah, it's definitely not a medicine ball. That's what you exercise with when you're like lifting weights. Like and a medicine ball is like a 12-pound ball that you used to do ex- strength exercises with. Anyway, so and and what makes a robot a robot is that there's there's like there's computer programming that goes into it, isn't that right? Yeah. Okay. So, are you like, are you, are you, well, first of all, are you the programmer? Is there like a programmer on the project? There's generally a team of programmers. Okay. And is, yep. is this like something that you guys have been studying or is it just like a hobby that you guys have on the side? It's really a hobby. Okay. So, all yeah. of the people that are involved in the robotics competitions then, um, in high school then, kind of, I guess in general, they're all, learning programming for robots as a hobby somewhat that's insane not a lot of people like the programming part but they're all learning how to build a robot in some way we only had one guy that we knew that did programming on the side for fun and he was the biggest nerd i've ever met and he still is so that's crazy yeah logan i'm talking to you logan yeah i, I knew logan, you were talking about i'm logan. talking to you logan yeah Logan. So uh, that's that's kind of bananas to me that there is this scene there is this scene of programming as a side activity for people in high school now. That blows my mind. That makes me feel yeah. old. And is it is a cuz in high school, you know, you've got your fall sports, your winter sports and your spring sports. Is there a season for this or is it all year? This is generally the build the build session is really winter to spring and all the competitions are spring okay so it's a bit more involved more of a two-season overlap yeah. and i as- cool. i assume then that this isn't like a school sh- sanctioned thing this is kind of like a an out of school type activity it's technically school sanctioned really yeah we have a class for it but the um, we have a class for it and a lot of our grade is tied to the team but for the most part it's all independent of the school. That's pretty cool. Can you build a giant robot with lasers? Give me the lasers and yes. Yes! Yes! John, I finally figured out a way to market our podcast. D- have we talked about needing lasers and robots? Have we talked about that giant before? Giant robots? Yeah. You can't miss a giant robot with the Game Life Balance US logo on it. Do you think that robot would shill for us like that? We could do. We could put a cape on it that's an American flag. But what if what if it was the singularity? Like, what if Chris programs the artificial intelligence so well that it it is the singularity? It gains consciousness and then it activates all the other laser wielding robots that they've built, and basically well, they take over the they take over the world. And it's your fault. It's your fault because I didn't want the game life balance robot. I didn't ask for that. You did. Well, then and it's not my fault because I was just paid to. That's make exactly it. right. It's not Chris's fault either. So really, really, the end of humanity falls on you. How do you feel about that? That's fine. But as long as we enlist the help of his classmates in home ec or shop classes to paint or inscribe our logo on the giant robots, <laughs> can you? Then that's still a brilliant marketing tactic. Can you imagine if we had like a robotics class when we were in school? We really did have home ec. I mean, we had home ec and we had shop. Those, that's right. And our shop was we made a plane out of wood. And I'm not saying that's like I'm not saying that's like a skill that is unnecessary because it's not. But it just it is so it feels so antiquated when you're telling me that you can take a robotics course in school. 
I've got another course I could tell you about. Okay, I cannot wait. To no, this is good. This is like the make the old people feel old because they're old. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, that's I didn't the feel segment. old till you, That's the segment yeah. that we're that we're doing right now. So actually, you can go ahead and share. That sounds great. So there's a class called business management, and the first semester is learning all about economics, and the second semester is running a smoothie making company that we sell to other students during lunch for like real money. Yeah. People actually work for this company and get money from it. They're, so, like, it, you get employed? Yeah. <laughs> and we run the whole thing. <laughs> that is awesome. That is pretty awesome. That is the coolest thing ever. That is. But I feel, I feel like that could have been something that, that, like, we would have been able to participate in. I think, like, robotics to me feels like something that didn't exist. Like, it didn't exist, exist in a way where we could study it as a hobby. It just didn't. So Kind of like how some classrooms are no longer teaching cursive writing, yeah, but exactly. they are teaching typing. Right. Do you know how to read cursive? Yeah. I, I was the tail end of people who had to learn cursive. Sweet. All right, I don't feel that old anymore. No, it's just the robotics thing. But that smoothie-making thing is pretty darn awesome. Yeah, I, why don't we... Open a Game Life Balance US branded smoothie stand. Because when the smoothies, uh, when we make the smoothies and it ends up creating the singularity because we program the artificial intelligence too well, uh, then the smoothies will, will then activate all of the other smoothies that we have made and they will, they will end humankind that way. I tried to explain this to you. Here's and again, it's your fault. Build a robot, name it Orlando, program Orlando to find Hansen's comb. And then build another robot to understand obscure space ghost references from the early to late 90s that no one will get but John. And then program someone to find those space ghost references funny because John doesn't have a sense of humor. I love, I love space ghosts. References. Can we talk about why space ghosts like never came out on any sort of streaming platform? It never came out on like DVD. Like what happened to that? Like how did that, how did that show fall under the radar of any type of syndication like that. I don't think it fell under the radar so much as it fell under the Moltar. Even Chris is shaking his head at me. And I don't even... Have you seen Space Ghost, Chris? No. Okay. All right. So... And I still got the head shake. I am batting a thousand pretty, tonight. You're pretty bad tonight. You are pretty bad tonight. So, okay. So, Chris, now that we've learned a little bit about you, um, the, the, the real reason why we brought you on the show is to talk about your participation with with the esports scene so as you mentioned first when we first started talking you are into uh project m which is a mod for uh the smash brothers game that was featured on the wii um and then also team fortress 2 which is a game that's just on pcs um and it's it's a team-based shooter right sounds like we're going full gamer yeah, it's very team-based. Okay, so um, I don't know if Cody's going to have anything to add to this particular discussion, and that's fine because that's par for the course. What I, I've i been but, in the Smash Brothers tournament scene, literally. But... I was at Melee Diamond FC. I don't, are you speaking English? Okay, so tell me about that. Either one of you. Tell me about Melee Diamond... What is, what is Melee Diamond FC? What is that? I was... Or, or, well, I was... So... When did Smash Brothers Brawl come out? Probably 2008, right? Something like that. So, yeah. 
So yeah, Brawl came out when you were like not even a teenager yet. So Brawl is probably the game that you more grew up with, or did you start with Melee? Because for those not who don't know that much about Smash Brothers, Smash Brothers came out, it was great. Smash Brothers Melee came out and was a tournament scene game for over 13, 15 years. I mean, it's it's still, it still it still is. It's still going. Yeah, it's still a huge scene. Um, th- when Nintendo released Smash Brothers Brawl in 2008, I want to say, um, it was 2007. It might have been 2007. Um, it was not well received by competitive gamers because it wasn't as fast. It wasn't as blah blah blah. Um, so Project M is a mod of the game that changes the physics so that it's more like uh, melee. So then, I guess my question to start with would be, Chris, did you start with the melee competitive scene, or did you get into it more once Project M came out? I started with Brawl, and I played that really casually for a few years and then my friend told me about kind of a little smash group that met up and it was like four or five people and they played project m because they didn't have melee setups but brawl was too casual sure makes sense okay and how long have you been doing this then i i started it would be the end of my sophomore year so about two years. Okay, so a couple couple years ago. Um, what always struck me about Melee always being a competitive game is because with other competitive games like Call of Duty or Halo, you can connect to the internet and have your whole competitive scene there. But Melee was strictly local. You have to meet up with people to practice and get better. And Brawl had an online component, but it was a, Nintendo's online infrastructure isn't the best. So did you maintain this this local tradition, or did you play online a lot? Uh, I really kept to the local stuff. I mean, playing online was fun every so often, but it was also not a great experience. Yeah, it just doesn't have that Yeah, yeah their, okay. their net code's real bad for Brawl. Um, so what what uh, in what capacity do you participate then in this scene? Are you a, um, like, are you participating in tournaments often are you like on a on a team how does it work so i've actually this is the less successful of the two competitive stories because this is a game i actually quit okay i stopped playing a few months ago because it just wasn't a game anymore well when when you're when we're talking about competitive competitive games and i've talked about league quite a bit league of legends quite a bit on this show um, if you're actually involved in the competitive scene of a game, generally, generally you don't get involved with a competitive scene of another game, right? I mean, if you're going to like actually yeah. be competitive um, in the in like the professional e-gaming scene, you pretty much have to dedicate your time to a single game. Isn't that kind of how it works? Yeah. Okay, so that would make sense then that you picked one. It's not that I picked one over the other, really. It's just. There was a specific day where I was I was playing and I got really mad at the game and I stopped and I thought about it and I realized I wasn't actually having fun playing. Those are very good reflective moments to have. Yes, and I, I'm not. That's actually not sarcastic. The, the, sometimes it's really hard to. We we actually talked about this in a couple episodes ago when I talked about my semi obsession with Metal Gear Solid Five and completing it. I gotta keep keep asking yourself. If you if you're into it, so so that's that's pretty cool. Um, have you seen the documentary The Smash Brothers? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
what struck me about the documentary, which is on YouTube for anybody interested. Oh, that's, that's YouTube.com. YouTube.com. Uh, you follow, it follow these, these Smash Brothers Melee players over the late 90s, early 2000s who would uh, – these are high schoolers. These are 14, 15 – well, maybe not. 15, 16-year-olds that are driving cross-country to meet strangers to play a video game and have all these crazy adventures. And that blew my mind just as much as having a robotics class is is – Parents are just like, okay, yeah, I go drive 300 miles to go play in a Smash Brothers tournament. It's crazy. Did you have any experiences like that, or was it more local? It was... I kept it very local, because I never... When I was playing, I played when my friends were playing, but I didn't spend any time myself actually really digging into the game and getting good at all the little mechanics. So you weren't practicing wave dashing for three hours at a time? Yeah, no. It's It's insane. It's probably good. I think that's the hallmark of uh, having a life. Of sane, sane of people, yes. Competitive gaming. I mean, competitive gamers are hardcore. Like, I have respect. I make the joke they have no life, but you got to really practice. Yeah. Were your friends, Was your were your colleagues in this really hardcore about it? A few of them were. And then there were a few others who just seemed to be, they either had a bunch of practice before or they were naturally good. Because they put in the same amount of effort as I did, and they were slightly better. Gotcha. Well, um, okay. So, it's... so you've you've gotten out of that scene. Uh, is the scene then that you are more active with? Is it the Team Fortress Two scene? Yeah. Very okay. Much. Um, do, are there some similarities between the two groups of comp- like of of competition? I've always wondered because the only the only scene that I have ever followed at all has been league. And so I have no idea if professional games in all other aspects are similar in like the way that they are structured or in like the way that people talk to each other um, or in the way that people interact with each other. Like, are there similarities there or are they like completely different? There are a few similarities, but it's mainly uh, playing with gamers in both situations. There's not a whole lot of, uh, when you strip it down, there's not a whole lot that's the same between uh, Smash Brothers and Team Fortress 2. Okay, so Cody doesn't know anything about Team Fortress 2. I do, but talk to him because he's dumb. What is Team it's Fortress 2? It's a first-person shooter. Very good, Cody. Very good. Excellent. So so it's a it, it was like the first team-based first-person shooter, right? So how's yeah. it structured? So in the division I play, it's... Uh, Two teams of nine players. Wow. So it's one person playing each class in the game. Oh, is that is that standard that you have to have one of each class? That's uh, the kind I play. The other kind is... I play Highlander, and the other kind is Sixes, which has six players, but they can play pretty much whatever. Highlander. Oh, because there can be only one? Yeah. Cute. I'm really glad they call it that. Cute. Yeah. So it's teams of nine? Yep. That seems... I've never played Team Fortress 2, but that seems like a lot of people. That seems like there could be a lot going on. There is a whole lot going on. Okay. Um, so is this the same type of thing where you're going to tournaments where you're in the same room as other people? Because everybody has to have their own PC, right? Yeah, everyone has to have their own PC, but this is not at all local. Okay, so you're participating in tournaments, what have you, based solely on the internet? Yeah. Okay. So you have never been to a LAN party? No. 
That means that you are under the age of it, 30, basically. It means that that's just not a thing anymore. Yeah. It's not been a thing forever. Yeah, for very long forever. time. Technically, I've been to one, but it was very small. And nobody had computers. Yeah. And it was all 3DSs trading Pokemon. Right. Yeah. Which I would totally go to, actually. That sounds like a blast. Um, so what's your like big, cause you, you, you know, you messaged me and you said, Hey, I'm in this competitive gaming scene. I could talk about it. Like, what's the, what do you think people, like, what do you want people to know when you, when you tell somebody I, I, I play team fortress two competitively, what's the coolest part about it? What's the main takeaway? Like, what do you like about it? And, and all that. The coolest part of team fortress two to me is that there's a whole lot going on and you, there are are so many different ways to play. So you can throw pretty much anyone into it and if they like if they like first person at all, there's something that they can play. You're saying you're saying among the, the classes that are available. Okay. Yeah. Um is it is it pretty typical since you said there's nine classes, is it pretty typical for like somebody to to, to main a class where they're where like that's their specialty, that's basically the thing that they practice? Yeah. You most people Almost everyone has a main. Okay. I mean, that's like a standard... It's a standard word for a lot of different games, um, listener. Um, and especially games where you have a lot of options in terms of your character. Maining something is basically just, this is the main character that I go to. So it's a, it's a pretty standard word among video games. Um, what do you main? The class I've played the most competitively is Medic. Yes! Medic! I was gonna guess that. Okay, and I mean, by the name, can we assume then that that the that the medic is a a healer, like like yeah. patches up people on the battlefield type thing? Yep. And most games are centered around the medic and either getting him to die often or die in very important moments and drop his uber, which is basically eight eight seconds of invulnerability he can spread to other players. Okay, when you say so, when you say uber. That I believe that's German for ultimate, and yeah, and that means that's like an ultimate ability. Does every class have like an ultimate ability? Not really. That's like the medics. The medic heals people, right. and then he has the Uber, but that's that's all he does. Okay. There's another class that drops a lift, L Y F T, and it's generally about the same price as an Uber. But I hear they not- treat their employees better though. Do they? Well, the surge pricing, also Uber is more likely to have surge pricing than Lyft. So a lot of times you'll want to install both apps so that you can take one or the other. Chris gets it. Mm-hmm. He gets it was it. terrible, but yeah, I Yeah, no, it. I get it too. <laughs> and it was pretty terrible. Really love the honesty in this episode. It's, uh, it's shining. So, Chris, what kind of time commitment are we talking? So you're a busy kid. You've got, yeah. robo- you've got robotics that you're doing. You've got... You no longer have Smash, but you were doing that at at one time. Um, you're participating in tournaments, like like official type tournaments, or just like casual internet run tournament types type stuff. It's uh, right now. I've we do seasons, okay. so it's like eight weeks where you have a match each week, and at the end of that, there's a playoff, which we're not going to make this season, but okay. Um, so I'm spending roughly eight to 10 hours a week playing and then like 15 to 20 hours running the team a week. Cause it's yeah. Wait, on, on top of playing it. Yeah. 
So running the team, what's what does that involve? So I'm scheduling a bunch of scrimmages and I'm getting new members on my team and I'm kicking out the inactive people and basically just making sure that people are doing what they they're supposed to be doing. And is this a st- so is this a standard role? Is this like a standard role for most uh, um, teams, groups that come together? Is there a, a singular manager typically? There's either one or two, generally. So you're the you're the manager. Yep, Mister Manager. I prefer my term, Doctor Manager. Doctor Manager. Wow. Yeah. Did you? Does that mean you started the team, or did you just kind of get that position thrust upon you? I started the team. Interesting. Okay. Dude, leadership position. You put that in your college application. You started that. You should. Well, you have you been? You probably already got a college lined up. You're building robots. Yep. Uh, mind sharing with us where you're going? Or? Assuming the robots and the smoothies and the team don't kill my grades, Virginia Tech. Wow. Right on. Uh, nice. Congrats. That's awesome. Thanks. I don't think I started looking at schools until March my senior year, but <laughs> look at me. I'm doing fine, right? Other than John being still part of my life. Mm-hmm. I would say you're not doing very well at all. Yeah, I know. Um, but no, that seriously is awesome. That's really cool. I was going to ask if you've ever played a massively multiplayer online RPG before. Because John... Yeah. Okay, you have. Which one? Uh, all the free-to-play ones out there. Really? All like of them. DC Universe Online. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Heroes. Mar- yeah. The Star Trek one? Missed that one. Hmm. Uh, okay. Because I was going to say, I know John developed all of his... Uh, leadership abilities which are actually zero though so that's not a good example but i know john played a lot of um mmos but i know a lot of people actually do develop a lot of teamwork and leadership skills from that i mean i I led raids in world of warcraft and i would i would argue that there is definitely some leadership stuff that you learn by doing that if you are a good raid leader because you're trying to coordinate people that you you have no control over i mean there's no control over these people for whom you are leading these raids because they're like playing a game. So it's tough to, it's tough to be like, you need to take this seriously, which I'm sure you're on into as well, Chris. Yeah. We play, we play in the lowest division right now. So it's a lot of, Oh, Hey, we're only in iron. We don't need to try hard. Meanwhile, we're getting wrecked during matches. Just like try harder. (laughs) That's awesome. Do you, how much strategy do you study? Um, not as much as I should. So, oh, two weeks ago, I studied maybe four or five hours of strategy as part of that 15 to 20 hours of leading. And we destroyed a team so hard that they called us hackers. And this time, I spent maybe an hour, and we lost pretty handedly. Wow. Um... I always have underestimated the value of that. I'm the same way with single-player games. If I if I read a couple articles about Civilization V during the day and then go play that night, I know what I'm doing when I play that night, as opposed to all the rest of the time that I play Civilization V. you've ever played Civilization V, yes. And, like, Jonathan knows a ton about Risk of Rain and secret characters and how to unlock things because John actually reads about that. I prefer to just kind of play the game. So whenever John's like, oh, there's a secret character in this level. Oh, you can unlock this. I'm always just like, how do you know that? And I'm like, because I really like this game. So, like, I want to read about it and, like, learn about it. 
Yeah, but I feel like I underestimate the value of it. And that's why I feel like I partially hate Hearthstone so much is because I know I'm not reading the strategy. and You're also not good at the game. That's But that's why. It's circular. It's cyclical. Yeah, see? Okay. And the worst part is I don't have a whole lot of time this week. And this week we have the most strategic map of all of them where technically at any point during the match you can cap the last point and win. Wow. Yeah. And generally it's five points to capture. So if we're not watching our back, we can get rolled in two minutes. You can just kind of lose the game. Yeah. Okay. Do you um, stream any of this? I'm saying you're wearing a Twitch TV shirt. I don't stream any of this. I would like to, but my computer's pretty, pretty iffy. And I'm not exactly rolling in money to get the biggest, best computer out there. Or something that could handle streaming and gaming and everything else. It does require a lot of resources. Could you build a robot to build a computer for you? Maybe, but that would cost more than just building the computer. Could you build a robot to get you money to build a robot to make you a computer? Yes. I am the problem solver. That was my nickname in high school. Ask Jonathan. Ask him. Nobody ever called you that. Did he solve problems or make problems? Made, well, he made a lot of problems. It's hard to know, really. No, it's it's not, though. Because you did. Chris, what what questions do you have for us? Questions. What an abstract topic. I mean, you don't have to have any. I certainly wouldn't want to engage Cody any further. So, I said for us, not for me specifically. We've asked Chris many questions, John. He deserves a chance to ask us questions. <laughs> That's fair. I have no questions. I tried to fill time there. Didn't work. That's also fair. Your answers were very concise. I feel like if you were one of the hosts of this podcast, the podcast would be much shorter because John and I tend to ramble, and you just nailed it every time. Details? What are these? This is exactly what I'm talking about. Excellent. Well, uh, well, thank you for this peek into the world of, um, of competitive gaming. I, I thought it was pretty interesting. Are you mostly playing with classmates or other people your age, or is it kind of everywhere online? It's a lot of people my age. I don't really engage with people that I know online because I don't like them. But setting that aside... They're also not good at video games. Yeah, you would not want Jonathan on your Team Fortress 2 team. He has never played a first-person shooter in his life. That is certainly not a genre that I am... Including Goldeneye. That's not a genre that... Not a genre that I'm great at, for sure. I'm not not great at it either. I'm not terrible, but I am not um, first-person shooter material now that I live with a pacifist. Yeah, it kills everything. And doesn't kill anything. Oh my god. You guys are both awful. <laughs> I couldn't skip that. I'm sorry. I couldn't. That was great. It was wonderful. <laughs> well, um, well, thanks for coming on, Chris. Um, I, I know you have a, a busy week, and I think it's impressive you can balance programming and running a competitive gaming league or team and school class work and getting into college and all that stuff do you um in terms of the robotic stuff is there a competition coming up that people could check out online if they're interested in watching or any championships or anything like that there's there's a championship a long ways off and our local competitions are 
coming up much faster than we would like them to. But I don't know if you'll be able to see any of those online. Okay. Well, uh, listener, keep an eye on our Google Plus page. I will share links there if, if Chris sends anything my way and if my email functions properly. Jonathan, do you have any more questions for me? I don't. I don't like you. Do you have any more questions for Christopher? I don't. I like Christopher. All right, great. Well, cool. Well, we're going to um, move on uh, to talk to Jonathan about some life stuff. Um, Chris, thank you so much for joining us, and um, we will talk to you soon via the medium of podcasting. Yep. Got to get that communication or something. Thanks for joining us, Chris. <laughs> Thanks. And then there were two. There were two. There's always. There's, it's far more uncomfortable for me now. Um, you were ornery this <laughs> evening. What is, what, is, uh, what is wrong with you? So, you know how when you have a kid, but you don't know this. So, so, are you ornery because life stuff? Are we getting right into life stuff? That's what, yeah, that's what I'm going to talk. That's what I'm going to talk about. Why don't you say life stuff, and then I can play the sound effect? It's life stuff. Stuff, 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 stuff. Nope, no echo needed. But continue. Yeah. So you know how when you have a kid, eventually they reach an age where like temper tantrums are a thing. Yeah. And th- however old you are. And I think I've I think I've mentioned before. Like I've mentioned before about Max having having temper tantrums and and you know max is our first kid um and and so like you know it was me saying oh haha temper tantrums yes all kids have them like it was you know it's kind of like oh funny it's a temper tantrum Um, you always kind of played it off yeah but but they weren't shrugged they weren't real temper tantrums um my son is just about to turn two um and we have just started to have the real life temper tantrums um and they they are really bad they're they they really suck so basically the way that the way that it works the way that a temper tantrum works is that your kid will start to scream about something babies cry i mean like of at all ages babies cry for one reason or another it could be that he wanted this toy on the top shelf uh, and he wanted to climb up and get it himself and we didn't want him to die so we didn't allow him to do that and that starts him crying. Well, it, during a temper tantrum, the like your baby can't stop itself from crying once it starts, kind of no matter what. And so your baby will cry for however long it takes for the temper tantrum to stop. So uh, just to give you kind of an example of the way our day went, Saturday, which is a weekend day, which is a day that neither of us have to work. I'm fairly convinced that weekends are now harder than weekdays when you have a kid. Really? But anyway, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but anyway, um, we woke up and Max had actually slept at his grandma's house that night. So Casey went to go pick him up and went to the Children's Museum. So we have a membership to the Children's Museum here in the Twin Cities. It's basically like a big play place where they change exhibits out to make them fun and experiential for the kids a lot of tactile stuff there. Um, and it goes... They basically shoot for kids aged toddler to age maybe seven or eight. So it's really for little kids. Um, and toddler is about as, as young as it gets. So Max is about as young as it gets for being able to participate in in stuff at the Children's Museum. But he loves it there. We've been going there for a couple of months, and he loves it. So Casey brought him there, because it's like, oh, it's a fun weekend activity, it's a good way to kill a couple of hours. And I guess when he was there, he just had this... 
he like hit his head on something uh and apparently not that hard but he just like bonked his head on something and it started him crying and once he started crying there he started he like worked himself up after about 10 minutes into just this screaming fit and he started throwing things apparently he started hitting other kids i was not there but i guess it wasn't it was a whole fiasco so casey brought him home and when she walked in the door, he's just he's just screaming when she walks in the door, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Like, this is fun. Um, and she got it. She got home around eleven fifteen, and she's like, he's been screaming for an hour and a half. Like, just screaming, screamed the whole ride home, screamed the whole like end ending of them being at the children's museum. Like, just screaming. Um, so normally he eats lunch and takes a nap at, at about twelve or twelve fifteen. Um, wouldn't eat anything, just screamed. And so I just put him down and I'm like, dude, you need to like reset. Like you need to reset your brain. I think you need to take a good nap. When you wake up, hopefully we'll be good. So we put him down. I put him down at 1215. He slept for 45 minutes, which is not a good nap for a toddler. Not a good nap for Max. Max is Max is like at least a two hour napper typically, if not three. So 45 minutes was real bad. And then he woke up and he woke up screaming. <laughs> and he basically screamed for the next couple of hours. We got him to calm down. I actually took him out of the house and I took him to Costco because it was Saturday's errand day. It's one of your errand days when you're an, when you're an adult. Um, and so we went to Costco and he was actually good in Costco. Like we were good. On the way home, he started to cry a little bit again. Again, when we got home, we started screaming again. By now, it's like five o'clock ish. Um, and then I needed to run one more errand later because we needed like milk or eggs or something. And there's a target just up the street. So we got in the car and Casey's like, could you just, could you just take him with you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we can, we can try this again because like, it's difficult. It's difficult to deal with a screaming child. And especially when your child is just always screaming, like not doing anything else. It's, it's difficult to deal with. So I understood like my wife really needed a break. So I was like, yeah, I'll take him. I'll take him to, to Target. So we get in the car and Target's four minutes away. And he's he's still like sniffling and crying a little bit, but he's okay. But then we get to Target and he just starts screaming again. And I couldn't even get him into the store. I had to drive home and drop him off and then drive back to Target. So it was by far like the worst day I think we've ever had with him, ever, in his whole life. The by far the most challenging day. His whole almost two year life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, think about it. We've been with him every day of those two years. So that's a lot of days. That's a decent number of days. Um, it's at least like a hundred. Yeah, and and we should have known. Is this is? It's at least. It's probably a couple more than a hundred. But I, I, I can't do the least... math. I can't do the math in my head right now. So um, we should have known though, because on. Like last Thursday, we get reports from school every day when we pick him up, and uh, and our, our the teacher was like, "Yeah, you know, he wasn't really himself. He was he was throwing stuff a lot. He was just really emotional. Um, I guess he was. I, I was watching him when I walked in, and he was like, he had this lace uh, like handkerchief thing that he was throwing around and over his head, and every time he threw it over his head, he just cried. And I was like, that's kind of a weird thing." So he's he's just like he's at this age where there are there's some sort of like welling of emotions going on in him that he has no idea how to control. And like once that starts, 
he just can't stop it. And there's nothing you can do. As like a parent, there's nothing you can do. Because even when you give, even when we give him what he wants during one of these tantrums, there is no, we get no response from him at all. So are you, at what point do you start positive versus negative reinforcement? We're now at, we're, we're now, once we realized what these were, that was like the very initial ways that we handled this. We are now at the point where we are um, completely, we're ignoring everything. Um, which is the which is the standard when a true with a, with a true temper tantrum? That's like the standard response you're supposed to give. You're supposed to just completely ignore until they're over it, and then you and then you approach them and you you see if they want to like talk about it. Great, he's too he can't talk to us. But that you debrief you debrief you once the temper tantrum is done. But you don't spank him. No, we are not a spanking family. Oh, you're the non-spank. We're a non-spanking family. Yeah, got it. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to be the one to judge you if you are a spanking family parent. I you need to do what's right for you. Like if I've learned anything from having a kid, it's that like we don't like unsolicited advice on parenting. Like I guess when my, when Casey was uh, Casey's my wife when Casey was at uh, was at the children's museum, she had she had moms coming up to her and they were like maybe he just needs a quiet place and just offering unsolicited advice which is just oh like, i bet she loved which that. is just like the, it's the it's a rude thing to do so just don't do that just don't don't offer unsolicited advice even if you have it even if your advice is right just don't offer unsolicited advice to a parent just, yeah i bet your wife loved that oh she did she loved it yeah knowing absolutely. her yeah she loved it um so you know but like you got to do you and like the I don't, every kid is different and there are some kids that might need a spanking. I don't know. I don't know. Like we've just, we just decided before we had Max that we were going to be a non-spanking family. But like I said, I don't judge, I don't judge people that are at all. Max is 715 days old, by the way. That's crazy. That's about how much he weighs too. So that's. 715 pounds? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a large child. Childhood obesity is getting out of control in this country. It is. Yeah, it is. So is adult obesity. So is adult diabetes. So is heart failure and cancer. Those are all out of hand. All of those things are out of hand right now. And the tzatziki virus. Sure. The tzatziki. The tzatziki. I think it came over from India. I'm not sure. I have to check my sources. But I saw something on a news ticker on a 24-hour news network, the tzatziki virus, I think. Yeah, it sounds Indian to me. So anyway, I mean, it's not like it's – it was a trying day, but it wasn't – it was – okay, yes, it was unenjoyable, but it wasn't like – I don't know. It it felt – it still felt like normal. And over the past couple of days, you know, like Saturday was, was that horrible day. And for the past three days, he's been great. He's been back to normal max. So it's definitely not a, it's not a common occurrence. It is just, he is at the age now where he's going to have temper tantrums and we're just going to have to deal with them. And they suck. And sometimes they last for a very long time. So when he goes full meltdown mode, do you stay in the same room as her or do you just kind of put him in the crib and you're like no he, right. he fo- i mean he f- he follows you around when he's in full follows you around screaming. screaming yeah like he'll follow my he'll follow if my wife is around he'll 100 percent follow her if she's not around he'll follow he'll follow me and it's even worse because he just he wraps his arms around you and screams at your legs um but but like if if you were to pick him up if you were to try to soothe him he would not be so- there's no way to soothe him so it it like it doesn't he just ends up being very much a nuisance. He ends up being very obnoxious when he's having one of these meltdowns. You know what you should do, John? Maybe he just needs McDonald's fries. Maybe you're right. Uh so 
so yeah, like that was that's just kind of a revelation that we're having, uh, and it's just a, it's one of the joys of parenthood. It's one of the it's one of the less fun parts, certainly. Sounds like the book of revelations. It sounds like some circle of hell. I thought our world being followed our, by a kind of thought our world was going to end a little bit there on Saturday. Um, yeah, and and the other thing right now is uh, my wife and he are getting sick again because it is it is legitimately insane how frequently you are you get sick when your kid is in daycare. Well, and I'm sure he put some germs in his system by screaming nonstop for a full day. That can't be good for you. I don't know if that makes you sick. I'm sure it wasn't good for him. But yeah, so it's yeah, it's been uh, it th- that was the joy of parenting segment of the podcast. Is that what we're calling it, Joy of Parenting? Sure, we could, is that a new segment? Sure, we could call it the Joy of Parenting. That's, Do I have to add this? No, that sounds... I mean, you'll never have anything parenting. to add to that particular segment, but that's okay. So, well, well, um, I have lots of segments that you'll never have anything to do with, like hype, because I actually get hype about video games and not things like Valentine's Day. I don't get hype about Valentine's Day either. That's next week. What are you getting me? You are the least likely... Of people on my list to get a Valentine, fewest, fewest likely, yeah, you're the, you're the or the least fewest likely. You heard me, yeah, yeah, least least. Oh, uh, improv. When we do our improv segment, you'll definitely have a one up on me. We don't that. improvise the show. Every word that we say is scripted. Then we are terrible writers, or we have terrible writers. Well, thank you, listener, for putting up with this episode of the Game Life Balance US podcast. I'm just kidding. We're actually a really good podcast. John and I are actually friends, and we are really, really, really funny. We are very funny. funny. I agree with you. Do you... Hey, when you listen to podcasts, do the podcast host... This is a serious question. Usually address the listener, or do they just talk to each other? They usually just talk to each other, but they have the shows that I listen to generally have more more hosts than us, so it they they can create a dialogue. I think a little more naturally. Not that we can't create a dialogue naturally as two people, um, but I, I I think it's a little more fluid when you have more more hosts. Typically, I I think most shows I listen to have three or four hosts. Okay. Generally, it's just people talking to each other, though. And they generally don't say coming up next or welcome or anything like that? No, but, I mean, that's kind of how that's... Well, no, they do. They do. There's, like, a there's like a standard intro that happens and an outro. And, and, and they definitely use the word you in those. It's like, you're listening to this. That kind of thing happens. Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious. Received some feedback that maybe I shouldn't talk to the listener so much. So often, maybe we shouldn't say things like, hey, listener, thanks for, you know, anything like that. Well, I mean, maybe that's good advice. I don't know. I'm not the professional. I'm the rook. I'm the You rook. are the podcast aficionado. I am a radio host. Radio is a completely different medium. First of all, radio is only audio. Actually, is... actually, so you, you kind of you caught me off guard with this question. But now that I'm thinking about it a little more for the podcast that I listen to, they all address the listener. Now, I would have to go back and listen to us and see how frequently we address the listener. Maybe it's more. I probably I probably err on it. I don't think you do as much as I do. Yeah, but they definitely do. Especially because most of you know, most of the shows that I listen to have like an email segment. So, they have to intro that and they have to they have to say, you know, um, you can reach us at at this and and 
um, you can direct your questions to this other place. And, and so they definitely do. Um, it just might not be as frequently. Sure. Why don't we have an email segment? Listener, email us at unqualifiedpodcast at gmail.com and we'll answer your questions next week. Because nobody email, nobody's going to email us. You don't know that? It's, Maybe I'll email us. That would be really weird because you wouldn't have the answer to your own question. From a fake account? Is it going to be XX420DogXXX? 69. 69. XX. XXX. Yeah. Okay. And every other X is capitalized and the rest are lowercase. And there's got to be underscores in between. Oh, definitely oh, underscore. Definitely yes. Underscore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So, many so I'll know that's you then. 420, yeah. 420 well, dog. Yeah. 69. I, mean, I do own the email address, the Gmail address, uh, triple KO can attack at gmail.com. Triple, triple K like KKK? No, triple KO can attack. Right. Like, like the KKK? Like you. Kaioken! Like tri- it's from Dragon Ball Z. Like trip, yeah, Listener, look it up on the dictionary. So it's, so you can re- KKK Oken attack? Kaioken has two K's in it. Yeah, but you said it's the triple K. So it's the triple Kaioken is the KKK. That would be six K's. The Kaioken, Kaioken, Kaioken? The KKKKKK attack? It's a lot of K's. Tadziki. Tadziki virus. Yeah, Tzatziki virus. Uh, hey, where can you find us? Aren't we part of a network? N- we are part of the Gunna Geek Network. What is that? Me breathing? What is you? What? <laughs> um, we are part of the Gunna Geek Network of podcasts and other really cool stuff. You can find a lot of really cool geeky awesomeness at GunnaGeek.com. And I would like to tell you a couple other things... In addition to the thing that I just told you in terms of facts and the facts which will be met by this factuality, I think on a factual basis. Can you fact check that for me, John? uh, PolitiFact gives you a mostly true. Thank you. On the official GunnaGeek.com podcast this week, you should check out episode 131, Hangout 7, SpaceX Mars 2025, and Smithsonian Enterprise Restoration Update. That is the longest title for anything. And our podcast is called Game Life Balance US. That is a very that's six long syllables. title. Yeah, that's a very it's six long. syllables. So on this GunnaGeek.com podcast, episode 131, they discuss the state of the Smithsonian Enterprise Restoration Project. I don't know what that is. SpaceX and the drive to hit Mars by 2025 and Hangout 7, and they're backtracking on SMS integration. What's Hangout 7? Maybe that's, maybe that's what we're using. No, we're, not, we're using Google Hangouts. I don't know what Hangout 7 is then. I don't know what Hangout 7 is. I either. know what SpaceX finally, is. The, it could be. Finally, the crew dusts off their game show set to play another episode of Geek Wars. I would listen to that on the official GunnaGeek.com podcast. I don't know what ha- – but it's Hangout 7, not Hangouts 7. I don't, I don't have a – I mean, you'll have to listen to the... Podcast to figure it out. I... Maybe it has something to do with Android? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's stupid. Uh, Whatever I am going to say about it. So listen to GunnaGeek.com official podcast to hear intelligent commentary on it. And on this episode, uh, this week's episode of All Things Good and Nerdy, they're on episode 197, which is quite the feat, Beard versus Beard Bet. This week, Anthony and Willie put their beards on the line, betting on the outcome of the Super Bowl. Regardless of the outcome of these two will lose their... One of these two will lose their beard next week. That's like to call a typo in the promo read that I am going to fix 
right now based on on the line betting on the outcome of the Super Bowl, regardless of the outcome of Would you like would you like me to help you with this? Nope. Uh <laughs> Uh, anyway, in between Rick ridiculous bets, Chris gives an update on the situation with the Fine Brothers. Naki has some news on free Pokemon swag. I'm definitely tuning in. And we find out the Flash and Supergirl will cross over next week on CBS. Spoiler alert. Also, that's awesome. Also, isn't Supergirl being canceled? I thought I read that somewhere. Probably. I don't think it's doing very well. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like as far as Super Bowl bets go, something like shaving off a beard is like... That's like the perfect Super Bowl bet, isn't it? Like, it's not like a just a standard money bet. Um, and it doesn't hurt anybody. And it's like, it it stings for the person that has to shave off their beard because they probably spent a lot of time growing it. That, it's like a perfect, it's a perfect betting man's game. It's, the perfect Super Bowl bet is stab the loser in the heart. It sounds, it sounds pretty severe. I tell you what, I'm getting, I'm getting really close to getting ready to talk about another game. Getting close. Me too. And we're gonna have I'm almost at the end of uh, the order eighteen eighty six. And we're gonna we're gonna have to have one of our, our friends on uh, to talk about the game with with me when uh, when I'm done playing it. So are you sure he's one of our friends? Well, no, actually, I think we might dislike him as much as we dislike you. So I think that we should keep the next episode more positive. I think you're uh, giving the listener a very negative vibe. If there is a listener, because I may or may not be able to address the listener as a royal concept because I'm not sure if that's best practice for podcasting. Close the show. You have the copy. What are you waiting for? Thank you for listening to the Game Life Balance U.S. podcast, the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode, and leave us a review if you really want to make our day. You can find us on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageek.com or on the official podcast network of Chicago's WGN Radio at wgnplus.com. Learn more about Game Life Balance, including contact information and links to our sister show in Australia at GameLifeBalance.us. Uh, and just as I say every week, listener, if you really do want to make our day, and yes, I am addressing you directly, if you really do want to make our day, we really would appreciate it if you reviewed us on iTunes. Um, if you do use iTunes for your podcasting uh, downloads, it does give us way more visibility uh, and allows us to get in the ear holes of more people. So if you could... Give us an iTunes review. That would be awesome. I'm tired of all your corporate shilling at the end of this podcast, John. I'm just, I'm trying to get a sponsor. Like, I could use some extra money. You could use some extra money. Money. I have a microphone arm and a pop filter. What is that? Yeah, I do. It means I've, I spend money on podcasts. But I have a mic too with a pop filter. Is there a pop filter? Yes. I don't see it. Well, now I see it. And now I don't.